opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the content creators and should not be assumed to reflect product endorsements or the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome in, take my hand, say hello to who you know and who you don't and who you can. We'll give promise to your springtime and beginnings to your ends. We'll try not to be cautious, we'll be friends. Welcome in, everyone, to Visibilities on... He's on demand. Uh, there we go. Thank you very much, whoever that was. Uh, Ray Razor. <laughs> ah, right. Okay, if you could just uh, mute for now, that would be real helpful. Thank you. Welcome in, everyone, to Visibilities on the 22nd. No, this isn't the 22nd. I'm, I've got myself crazy at this point. Um, December 15th, 2023. This, I guess I'm thinking ahead of time because for the next two weeks, we're going on vacation. We're going home for Christmas. And so... This is our last call of the year, but certainly one of our most important calls of the year. And before I get started, let me thank Ray Campbell for hosting for us this evening. Larry Gassman is streaming for us. It's good to have Larry back. Although I have to say, John was a very good substitute last. Sorry, you're gonna, you're running late, Terry. You got to stop. You got to keep going. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and we will. Uh, and our special guest tonight, uh, Denise Colley, the president of the Braille Revival League, and Paul Edwards agreed to come on this week. Um, as the past president of Braille Revival League. And so tonight we're calling it Braille Bumps and Birthdays. And the reason that I did is that I think that we need to keep in mind what a tremendous, it, it goes beyond being even called a tremendous asset. Braille has has been to the blind population throughout the world. And it has run into some bumps along, along the way, which we can talk about a little later. And um, birthdays, because as Denise will be explaining, they will. Uh, the Braille Revival League is sponsoring a seven-hour event on January fourth in honor of Louis Braille's birthday. So before I get into spoiling any of her news on it, I'm going to turn the evening over right now to Denise. And welcome to Visibilities, Denise. Thank you, Terry. And thank you for letting me come and share. Yes, the Braille Revival League is very excited to be sponsoring an event that we have been working hard to put together. We are calling the event Braille Matters. On January 4th of 2024, starting at 1 p.m. Eastern, we are going to begin a seven-hour international extravaganza 
um, intended to demonstrate what we know, that Braille matters, and it does matter. And <clears throat> so we're going to be talking about why it matters, how it matters, and in what various uh, realms that it matters. Um, we're going to have lots of presentations, lots of be giving away some prizes. We're going to be doing lots of opportunities for everyone to participate. So there's no reason that you wouldn't want to come and be with us. We want to get everyone excited about what Braille can do and what the Braille Revival League um, is looking at doing in, in the future. And so um, I want to talk a little bit just to go through the agenda so that you kind of know what's going on. Now, prior to the start of our event, even though um, we didn't pull him into our event because it was a little uh, cumbersome to do so, we are um, encouraging everyone to log on to the I Love Braille uh, community call. Um, this is, if you don't know, oh my Sorry, you guys, my phone is. Um, <clears throat> this is an event that is done by Bylene Shaw, who is with the Eastgate Center um, for the Blind, or East Bay Center for the Blind, excuse me. And so he does an hour-long I Love Braille event from t uh, 12 until 1 Eastern Time. It's one of our ACB community events that um, <clears throat> deals specifically with Braille and the various uh, capacities of Braille. <coughs> Excuse me. So um, we're encouraging everyone to be a part of that. Then you're going to come over to our event. And this is what's going to be going on. Um, we will start at 1 p.m. with a welcome from myself and um, congratulatory remarks from our ACB president, Deb Cook-Lewis. Then we're going to hear from the Braille Authority of North America to talk about what's current with Braille there. Then we're going to have news from the first of our six state affiliates or state chapters, our Jenny Beck chapter in Pennsylvania. So they'll be updating us on what's going on there. Then um, here comes our international piece. Um, we have invited Matthew Horspool, who is with the Brailless um, in the United Kingdom, to come and talk to us. And if you were um, part of or if you got on the uh, Braille Buzz in October, you got to hear Matthew and, um, you know, what he had to share. And so we're excited that we're bringing him back again to talk to us a little bit more about what's going on in the UK. After that, we are going to have our treasurer, Jane Corona, read the list of our life members, because we think it's important for people to know who our life members are. And then we have been running a contest, a Braille Matters contest, where we've asked people to write uh, a maximum of 50 words <clears throat> on why Braille matters to them and how it matters. And so we have our first, second, and third place contest winners for that contest. So she will be announcing our third place winner. We're going to set, we're going to uh, have those kind of uh, not all at one time. So we'll make you have to stay and listen if you want to know who all the winners are. Then we are going to have um, a 
presentation by the Vacaville Volunteers uh, in Vacaville, California. They do, it's a prison program that does braille, uh, repairing brailers, and we're going to find out what's going on there. Then we'll hear from our second uh, uh, state affiliate, California, to talk to us about what's going on in the Western affiliate. Then we will have Clovernook Printing House for the Blind to talk about the importance of Braille transcribing and how Braille fits in there. Then we are going to hear from the National Braille Press to talk about how their programs demonstrate the importance of uh, Braille. And Brandon McDonald will be with us. Then we're going to hear from our Florida state affiliate to talk about what's going on in the Sunshine State of Florida. Then we will hear from National Braille or NLS to talk about the various formats of Braille um, that they deal with. And we'll talk about um, the e-readers and other things that are going on at NLS. Then Jane will be back to announce our second place Braille Matters contest winner. Then we will hear from our Illinois Braille um, affiliate to talk about what they're doing in Illinois. Then um, we'll hear from Horizons for the Blind. Um, they have a variety of Braille services, and so we're going to learn a little bit more about who they are and what they do. Then, and I'm really excited about this because this is one of my real loves, we're going to hear from uh, <clears throat> the, uh, the Braille Challenge program in, in California and how Braille Challenge how Braille Challenge is working and how they're inspiring young people. And if you've not been a part of doing Braille Challenge, it is just amazing to get to be there and to watch the kids um, do the various uh, tests that they have to go through and, you know, really looking ahead at, at um, as they go further and further in the competition, how you know, how Braille is important to them. So we're very excited about that. Then um, we wanted to bring in a couple more of our ACB community events that um, are focused around Braille. So we're going to hear a little bit about the grade three Braille class that's been going on and a little bit about grade three Braille for people who don't know what that is. And then we're going to hear about the digital <coughs> Braille or an electronic Braille um, uh class that takes place every other week um, and what's going on there. Then we will move on to um, uh, hearing from Mike Tyndale from Dream Vision Group to talk a little bit about what they're doing. Then at 5.55, and this is really going to be fun. I mean, you've been hearing people all afternoon. Now you get to do something fun. We want everybody to bring a Braille writer and pieces of paper and our ACB community host of Braille Together and the Braille Room, um, Dorlin Cantron, is going to come and she is going to teach us how to do something in Braille, how to create something in Braille. I don't know what she has in mind, but we're going to have fun creating a picture or something in Braille. Then we will hear finally from our Texas affiliate about what's going on in Texas. Then we can't not do this and not have you know what, what the Braille Revival League does. And so you will be able to hear from our four, we have four subcommittees, uh, 
publicity, outreach, um, public awareness, and membership. And so um, they're going to come on and talk about uh, basically uh, what are we doing in terms of things like um, our Braille birthday card project, our out and about project, um, the Braille Challenge Award that um, <clears throat> we have started giving. Um, we will introduce you to the Braille Memorandum in our Facebook page and our website. We'll talk about the Braille Buzz a little bit more about how what an absolutely amazing event that is every other month and when it occurs and how to join BRL. And then at the end of that, Jane will introduce our first place Braille Matters contest winter, winner. And then um, we will follow that up by a free, few free, uh, brief words from our interim executive director, uh, Dan Spoon. And then I will be providing um, some closing remarks um, at 6.55. And that brings us to the end of our piece. But then at 7, you don't want to go anywhere. You want to stay right with us because at 7, we are going to get an opportunity to par participate in New York's uh, Lewis Braille celebration that they do every year. They celebrate his birthday, and it's an hour-long event. And I know that they're going to be doing an award. They're going to be having some surprises. They're probably going to have some somebody, some somebody have created a song. That's what they seem to do every year. And if you've listened to any of the Lewis Braille um, events that New York has done, they're just a lot of fun. So our event is going to end with an hour-long uh, Lewis Braille birthday um, event. So um, we want to invite any and everyone to come. Um, we are going to be on webinar, Zooming on webinar. We will be in Clubhouse. We are going to be streamed. Um, we will be starting to send out the announcements next week. So to get, uh, get the date on your calendar, that's January 4th. That's a Thursday from 1 p.m. to 8 p.m. essentially Eastern time. And we just hope everybody will come and be a part of as much of it as they can um, because we just have a lot of good things happening. And we really, you know, Braille really is important and Braille does matter. And, and you know, we need to promote it as much as we can. So um, I really encourage everybody to be a part. And Paul, is there anything I forgot? <laughs> There can't be anything you forgot. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, I I think you did great, Miss Denise. Um, uh, if if people want to hear more, they can come to Braille Buzz next week because we're doing two things. We're going to talk a little bit more about this event, but we're also um, going to be uh, kind of redoing something that was done at the ACB convention a couple of years ago that not a lot of people got a chance to attend. And that is a presentation on toys and games for the blind um, that was done by Patty Slabby. And so we've asked her if she can kind of rehearse some of that uh, because it's around the holiday season. And I thought it would be really cool for folks to know a little bit more about uh, uh, about what kinds of toys and games are particularly appropriate for blind folks and blind kids. And that's on the Braille Buzz that's, next Wednesday. That's on Wednesday Braille Buzz night. next Wednesday. Absolutely right. At 8.30 p.m. So you get to stay up late. <laughs> it's worth it. It is worth it. Is it. Worth it. it is indeed. It is indeed. I just can't get over how much 
you've got packed into those seven hours. <laughs> um, I'm wondering if Larry Gassman's going to have the great fun of streaming that for seven hours. <laughs> Jumping from one to another to another. I think they're going to oh try to get God. a couple of people different. <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> it just sounds like, you know, pulling people in from all over the country and Oh yeah. my goodness! The the logistics of this tri- of this event yeah. just I, it just sounded absolutely phenomenal to me. Um, I think the other thing that's really important for everybody to recognize is that even though um, even though a lot of what we're going to be talking about is positive, there is a lot that we need to be doing, and we'll be talking some about that on on the fourth. There's a lot that we need to be doing to safeguard Braille. Because the, the 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 truth is, there's lots that needs to be done. There aren't there there aren't as many braille readers at the Library of Congress as there used to be. Um, <clears throat> we are we're we're pretty sure that there are lots of kids who could and should be learning braille who aren't. Um, we absolutely believe uh, that um, even though it's really exciting that we're going to have uh, and we're, that we're virtually have now um, electronic Braille readers that, that are going to be available to virtually anybody in the country who wants one, but there are loads of people who won't want them because they haven't had the kind of training in Braille that they need. And what are agencies doing um, to move us ahead so that we're actually so they're actually training some of those folks so that they can benefit from using what will be an amazing tool so there's lots that we need to do, and we're hoping that one of the things that our program will do will persuade folks, whether they're whether they're braille readers or not, um, to help us to move forward making braille better. And that's where so many of the bumps have that's come correct. in have come in in the past. I mean, yes, you know, to me, one of the biggest, you know, I, there were a lot of issues back in the very early days of braille. But to me, one of the biggest and saddest bump that Braille has ever hit really took place starting in, what, the 1970s yeah. with the invention of the cassette recorder. Well, and, and, and with and the... And in 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 with, with mainstreaming, that there well, was just so yes. much that's, that um, has happened. So many people who never got the opportunity to learn Braille at that sure. time. And, and and the invention of speech on computers led everybody to say, "Oh well, <laughs> blind people don't need to learn this complicated Braille stuff. They they can get on, get by just fine listening to Jaws on the computer." I have yes. always yes. I've always um, used when I've used that example when I've heard that I've said, "Well, okay, that's very true." However, because you're listening and you're not visually or tactily seeing something, how do you learn to spell? How do you learn punctuation? How do you learn, you know, sentence format? And and I will say to sighted people, you know, it's almost like what if we took away your computer screens and just gave you speech? How well would you learn? Yeah. And so what so many people have done is gone to, I mean, I know attorneys today who have no idea which homophone to use on uh, there, for instance. Oh, 
you know, that kind of thing, who can't write a sentence that doesn't have a misspelled word in it. And yep. it's and it's from that era when when it all of a sudden it was oh well they can learn from listening to books they you, just have to, you know that you kind of to... thing and that was such a that was such a setback for braille right. you and just I have to look at emails on 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 there our you list. go exactly yeah. good point yeah good point but I, I was just getting at the idea that you know it isn't yeah a lack of a lack of um ability education yeah, it's yep. not a, and, and not a lack of ability. Yep. It's it is truly just a lack of education. Um that that these lack people, of braille. Um right, but with, <laughs> you know they, they never got into learning to spell. Yep. Um you know uh, it, some of the simplest things. You know, is it two two or two? <laughs> <laughs> that kind yeah. of thing. And that's you know it's cre it create it, what it's done is it's created a at least one generation that just so um, has, that has just so lost out and has yeah. you know am I going to hire an attorney that can't that can't write spell a sentence yeah. much less write out a, a brief for me <laughs> that's anybody's going to pay attention to. That kind of thing, you know, or or anyone that's going to be doing, you know, obviously an office worker, that kind of thing. Um, you know, it's just it's so much damage learning, not learning Braille uh, to, for so many people at that time. And I think that's why we've always been so enamored of the Braille Revival League. Um, I remember first getting involved back in the late 70s must have been late 70s early 80s i know early 80s early 80s it, it, it is it is frightening to me terry that um that i was the second president of the brown revival league <laughs> and what was um, his name the, that was the first one i've been trying to think of it uh, uh cargill that george cargill that's just not george was. what was his first name um ray should tell us Floyd. Uh, Floyd. 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 Yep. Floyd. Floyd. Wow. Yep. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that was. He was the first president. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's when we, I think that's the first time we joined was back. He was president. It was one of our very first national conventions. Good decision. Good decision. <laughs> <laughs> and we're both very proud to be life members of yeah. BRL today. Yeah. Um, and so. But I think that you know those bumps have have strengthened. I think the uh, some so many people in making them in making great advocates, some great advocates for Braille. Uh, many of whom I'm seeing on this list tonight that are here with us tonight, and I think this whole seven hour event and brl in general has the opportunity to do so much more um to move braille forward and you know there's been there's been a lot of uh, there's so much now in in technology but at least with the you know it, 
with the tech, I shouldn't say at least. And with the technology, people get to do really kind of both, like with with the e-reader or with many of the new. Um, Paul, you can explain it much better than I. That Versa Slate, uh, the sure, multi-line things that the multi-line, that's yeah. Equipment. You can keep notes and and then don't have to keep them on paper because you can just punch them and get little little um, dots on the other side of the slate. And the nice thing is, it's um, it's 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 not electrical. It's it's all mechanical. Um, and then once you've went like maybe use it to write down a phone number, and once you've put the phone number somewhere else, you can then just click a little button and and it goes away, and you can use it to write something else. Very I got cool. to try one for the first time a few weeks ago, and one of the problems I was finding, um, I don't know, as I've gotten older, I don't know if my hands have gotten weaker or what, but it's gotten harder and harder to punch those dots. And this first slate, it's so easy to punch the dots, and, you know, it's a way I can, I'm going, oh, wow, I can build my speed back up. This is really cool. But Terry, here is here. Here's the deal. We we are really at at a place where we are almost at, at a golden age where Braille's concerned because we not only have e-readers, but we have Braille on demand. And I was talking Good about point. Braille on on demand somewhere uh, a a couple of weeks ago and saying that what NLS is prepared to do is they're prepared to give anybody who wants one a book, a, a Braille book a month. They, they can choose it from the catalog. It can be as big or as small as they want it to be. And I was interrupted by someone from NLS who said it's not one book a month anymore. It's five. Yeah, five. <laughs> so, just... <laughs> I, I mean, we we are suddenly at a place where, where we can actually begin to have libraries of our own for free. As long as you've got an extra room to on your house. That's, that's, well, yeah. you, you have to build a library. No question about that. But, but, but it's amazing. I, I don't, both of you guys are old enough to remember when Braille was a scarce commodity. Oh, I mean, yeah. where, where you would share Braille among a group of people rather than just keeping it for yourself. Yeah. You know, when, when, when ACB started, we had hand-transcribed magazines that were circulated among ACB members because we couldn't afford to produce printed stuff. Yeah, you're right. You're and right. back then, it was very—it was so expensive to to was. do the braille. And we don't can't, we can't use those excuses any longer. I mean, we've Cannot. got we've got e braille. We've you know we've got electronic braille. It's available. You can you know you can get a braille book now as fast as you you can download a braille book from Bard as fast as you can download an e uh, uh, audio book. Yep. Um, uh, you know you don't it isn't you don't necessarily have to have it taking up a whole lot of space, especially and, with and, the e readers. And yeah. if you use Bookshare, you you you've you've got up to a million books. Yeah, yeah. Bookshare I mean, has just, a, oh yeah. to, to use it with an e-reader. Yeah. Oh yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. You sure can. Yeah. I uh, yeah. yeah. No, I just I, for a minute there, I'm thinking that you're saying that they have them in, in you know in hard copy braille. Um, uh, it, well, it, it, the, the, have, the copyright exception that they make is 
you don't have to apply for any permission if you want to to make a hard copy of any of their books. Ah. So, so you is... could you you could use Terry Pacheco's printer and uh, and and print any bookshare book you wanted. That is I didn't I was not aware of that. Yep. Um as I look at the Juliet sitting next to me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Frank might put you to work soon, or I might even. <laughs> oh, goodness. I would actually love to do that with an old book. The very first book I ever... I didn't learn Braille until I was in high school. And the very first thing that I read was The Snow Goose. And I would oh, love Galico. to have. Yeah. Yes, I would love yeah. to have a copy of that in Braille again. Where I had one, it used to be my my thing to 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 practice <laughs> at night. I could do that without anybody knowing that. Yeah. I, you know, my sisters or my or when uh, my sisters. And it's, and it's not it that big a book. No, I'm it wasn't. It was it wasn't very big at all. And I'm pretty sure well, I could find it in five minutes and send it to you. <laughs> but within uh shortly after we got married frank was cleaning out some braille in our apartment and picked it up by accident ripped it in half and i, I, I for years oh, it took me to forgive him for, 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 for <laughs> destroying my for snow book. goose <laughs> i had had that for like Seven years or something. Yeah, we, we get very protective of our books. <laughs> we do. <laughs> we do. I, I had read a few books after that as well, but that was like the first. <laughs> and one of the things I, I, I want to say is that after our events, you know, we really are going to be interested in getting feedback from people who participated to tell us you know, how it went. Was it good? Was it bad? Was it, you know, whatever, because depending on, you know, how it goes and how, you know, how large our audience is and stuff, this could become an annual event. And it was amazing to us, you know, we sent out the invitations. We just sent them out everywhere to all the organizations we could possibly think of um, that we thought might want to participate. And we were utterly amazed at the number who came back right away and said, yes, we want to be a part. And we gave them the option of, do you want to come on, you know, the Zoom um, webinar? Or do you want to have a pre-recorded presentation? Not one of them wanted to do a pre-recorded presentation. So that says something really? about how important this is. And we know that there were organizations and groups that we weren't able to include this year that, you know, we'd want to include next year. That's why we're so, you feel like we're kind of bunched up because we have, you know, it's like almost 30 different things going on throughout the, throughout the day. But, but it was just, it, it really said to us that this is, this is important. And this is something that people, you know, want to be a part of. And I think people do want to be a part because we have some hands raised for oh, some good. questions and comments. So are we ready to take them? The first one is um, Janet and Keith. I'm not sure which one of you are on or both of you. No, but if you... tonight it's just me, Janet. There we go. Hi, Janet. Yes. I, I just wanted to say Paul took my <laughs> the point I was going to make. <laughs> but... <laughs> 
Um, the homophones, yes. The emails, I get a lot of emails. And you can almost immediately tell who knows Braille and who does not know Braille by the way they write. And Braille is so essential for people, as was said, to learn punctuation, to learn how to put sentence structure together, and really how, how to write. They have to learn Braille. And it's a real disservice for people like me who who were born fully sighted and then went into a mainstream school and they never thought braille was important for you to be taught so i was only the last 10 years starting to learn braille and reading grade one at my age is frustrating to say the least yeah but that's the cool thing about these braille devices um Janet, you can actually, you can actually set these e-readers to grade one. Mm-hmm. I don't think so you, I've ever seen one. Yeah, really, really Paul. Do you? Yep. They're 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 really tiny. They're they're twenty cells wide, um, easy to carry around in your purse. And um, I have, I think I have five hundred books on mine. Well, are is it the dots get raised like the? Um, yes. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it's actually better, sharper, and better Braille than you might find, you know, in a hard copy book. It is huh. because, yeah, okay. So you you need to um, contact your library, right? And yeah. Library for the Blind to find right. out if yeah. if Georgia they, Georgia if, has them, so you, you should get one. I yeah. should really get one. I think yes, you should. Don't, I think Phil has one. And and yes. there and you can get there are tutorials and you can get training on how to use them, yep. and because we don't expect people just to know that, but it's just I you know. And and in fact, Lua is doing some training in April. Yes. Yes. So I'm um, going to get one, Paul. I'm going to I'm going to call them tomorrow. Oh, go for it. Yep. Do it. Do it. You do, you do it. And um, thanks so much for for joining us this evening. Thank you. And uh, once I mentioned that, now we've had several people raise their hands. Uh, Diane Hams is next. Oh, hi, Carrie and Paul and Denise. Um, I am, yeah, Braille is so important. My mom, when I was little, she didn't get me a a talking book player. She wanted me to learn and read Braille, learn it. And I did. And, you know, then later I got into some listening to talking books, but I, even as a kid, I always wanted to read Braille for myself and read the book for myself if I could. Um, and, oh, yes, the emails. With, <laughs> I was on this one email list. This person kept using the wrong here. He kept using H-E-A-R, and he should have used H-E-R-E. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's amazing. I, I just couldn't believe it. it just so, <laughs> And I also, um, I was have been a scorer a couple of years for the braille challenge that's a lot of fun the braille challenge is a lot of fun, so much it's, fun. yeah it really is and afterwards uh, one year after the everything was over um one of the little kids he went and played the piano and sang it was so cute you know it was, just, it was really a lot of fun i wish they'd had the braille challenge when i was ki- when i was a kid oh that would have been too. so much fun that would have been yeah. so much fun yeah 
Yeah, it would have been. Maybe we need a senior Braille challenge. I actually had thought about that um, as in, in the in the Braille Revival League, but I, I wasn't sure if anybody would have the have the chutzpah to put it together. But I, I think it'd be great fun. <laughs> it would be a lot of fun. I think it would be. So, you know, those are my comments. So I just Thank really enjoying the show. Thank you. Thank you. That would be fun. Yeah, see? Yeah. Everybody thinks that would be fun. Yeah. I was a scorer for Florida, and they, they were funny, too. <laughs> yep. Phil Jones, do you think it would be fun? You're next. There you uh, are. Yes. Good, Good evening. evening. I'm, I'll tell you, as a lifelong Braille user, I, I'm really thrilled about this uh, upcoming event on January the 4th. And, uh, you, you know, we really, what we really need to do, I know we talk about Braille, and we kind of, talk about it in a, quote, nostalgic way, like there was a golden era of Braille, now it's going out. Well, we we really need to get off of that somewhat, not dwell on that, but dwell on the present and, you know, what we should do for the future. And I'm glad, that's why I'm, one of the reasons I'm glad that we're having this big event on January the 4th, and I'm going to try to attend and participate in as much of it as I possibly can. I would like to Say that, uh, you know, one group that we're really going to have to target is the deafblind. That population is growing, and it seems to me that that population is going to have to really start relying on learning to use Braille because if we're going to, if if they're going to stay a part of the world, it's going to be a necessity. I think we need to promote the positives and the necessities of Braille. I, I know that at our state convention here in Georgia last month, we had a, a Braille Projects Committee put together a an, a Braille writing contest. It could be, there were several categories, and Braille was like the main category. And two of our entries, uh, the people who uh, entered the contest, a, a student, and an adult, and the adult wrote a poem about Braille. She learned Braille as an adult. And I mean, it was just so encouraging and inspiring to hear her talk about what how much it meant to her. The other entry was a student who talked about some of the uh, challenges and the contest that he was in because of Braille and how much uh, how many words he could read all the time and he also pointed out the fact that he knew he, the fact that he knew Braille that <laughs> he had, wouldn't have dishonest people peeking at his test answers so, so it's <laughs> yeah. really yeah yeah I, I know <laughs> I could I could tell a story about that what happened to me in high school one time <laughs> that we had a true false test and and a class one day, this is a, uh, I was mainstreaming most of my years, and uh, we had a true false test one day. And one of the students listened to me write on my railer the trans uh, ran out the answers true and false, and he copied down what I had written out, and uh, <laughs> his grade was cut. But after that, if we ever had true false test, I had to write T and F. The Braille is just, I, I mean, it, it's an absolute necessity. It's, it, it's a must. It's, 
it's something that's, uh, you know, maybe I should change my middle name to Braille instead of Murray. But, I <laughs> but anyway, that's my, my take on the whole thing. And yes, well, as thanks, soon as Phil. I can learn to save on that e-reader, I was going to build my library and I could, I'd like to do a hard copy Braille book library too, but I don't have another room in the house for it. So. <laughs> well, thanks very much for calling in tonight, Phil. Laurie Scharf. Thank you. We know she, we're sure she has no opinion about anything. <laughs> never. <laughs> Not me, never. <laughs> never. Um, so, yes, a couple of things. Um, I was actually thinking while we were talking about the uh, Braille Day, New York is doing an interesting project where they have require that the VRTs who contract with the state through this the eight contract agencies have had to attend braille trainings um and there were a couple of them there were full day trainings and I don't remember how many there were but I think we're going to ask one of them to speak for about five minutes during oh, our New York time cool. because that is such an important area and it really has increased the level of comfortableness by the VRTs with regards to teaching Braille and things like that. Um, and I think Andrew Leland does a beautiful job of illustrating the uh, negativity that can come into play when yeah. somebody is interested in learning Braille and the the things that they're told by the, quote, professionals. Hey, unquote. Lori, t tell folks what a VRT is. Oh, I'm sorry. A vision rehabilitation uh Therapist. therapist sorry <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> that, that old terminology slips in every yeah. so often um so yeah it i think we're going to ask one of them to speak um and additionally um the other thing that i would like to say is with the braille e-readers for people that may be newly learning braille like paul said you can change them to uncontracted braille but you also, it's easier to track because you're only tracking one line. Yes. Um, as opposed to having to move your hand. Go down the page. Go down to the next line, yep. things like that. It does make it a lot easier. So I will be quiet and I look forward to the event on the 4th. We're right to seeing you then. Well, thank you, Laurie. And Agnes. Um, one concern I have is what universities are doing to train their students that are taking courses to teach individuals who are blind and visually impaired uh, braille and what kind of attitude uh, they are fostering and i know a lot some use i, I believe some online courses and i wonder sometimes how successful those are and also how accessible some of that is for people who are blind that are taking the braille courses he can eat it if he wants to on the counter i think that's a really good point uh agnes there there certainly has been an effort on the part of the schools that are training um what we used to call rehab teachers or home teachers um, <clears throat> um 
to to do both of the things that they need to do. That is, teach them what Braille is and, and how it works, but also teach them how to teach it. Uh, I don't think we've gotten as far uh, in the teach them how to teach it area as we've gotten in the teach them what it is area. So I still think there's work to do. You know, I'm wondering, a number of years ago, um, Perkins came out with a Braille writer that had a screen on it that would basically put in print on the screen what the person was brailing um, so that a, a teacher who didn't know Braille could know if the kid was doing it correctly or not. I'm wondering, I don't know if that ever... Yeah, you never see it advertised anymore. Yeah. I don't know if that, the, that if that went the way went the a, way of the, a lot of the a lot of the Braille devices like the uh, Braille Note Plus or, or Braille Note Touch Plus and the um, and the Hims products all have the ability to be connected to a screen. Uh, yeah, this one had like a small one right on the t like where the handle is on a Perkins right. Braille writer. That's, I didn't know what ever happened with that. I haven't seen it advertised in. Uh, oh, I years. think I think they're long gone. They, I they, think they. Yeah. yeah, I think it. They've worked out quite as well with the I'm dodos. Going to, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to um, because of what I'm seeing here. I'm going to jump ahead. So please don't be too offended, those of you that I'm moving ahead of. But I'm going to ask Sophia to unmute and ask her question because I'm noticing that she's in the UK, which means that it's really late over there at this oh, point. Yes. And so, um, Sophia, if you'd like to join us. Hello. And there yeah, we are. It is. It's quarter to one in the morning, but I had to join. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank I'm glad you. you did. <laughs> Thank you. I just wanted to comment on, um, I'm actually the adult winner that Phil Jones was talking about. I wrote the poem about Braille. And I just wanted to oh. say, I loved entering the competition because I'm new to um, reading Braille. I've only been blind a couple of years now. And it really boosted mm. my confidence, actually winning that. And I just hope there's lots more competitions. I heard you talking about the program and it just sounds brilliant in January. I'm really looking forward to Matthew as well because obviously being in the UK uh, but I'm an at-large member of Georgia Council of the Blind and so far everything that's been put on is just really motivating and encouraging we're keeping up the brow I love it congratulations thank you yes, yes. absolutely yes and thank you for, for staying up this late <laughs> to be with us tonight and hope we can uh, at least on January 4th um, it's a little bit more reasonable time frame for you folks. Well, that's great to know because I don't know the time yet. But <laughs> everything's combined with the Zoom as well. It just makes it so much more accessible. It's great. Right. Absolutely. Well, thank you. Um, I'm a little confused here. Now, we made sure we, we got Matthew on early, so he <laughs> 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 wasn't having to do it in the middle of the night. Um, <laughs> well, we now have Elizabeth. Yeah, Elizabeth, if you can unmute, and I'm not sure what happened to Maria, but Elizabeth, okay. you're on. There um, you are. I did it. Okay, so I'm going to be doing a, a article for the um, memorandum about this, but I figured I'd tell everybody because they always like it. 
I'm only going to tell them half. You got to read the uh, memorandum to get the other half. Ah. But um, so, you know, the guy was talking about how he, <laughs> how sighted people used to cheat because he wrote true and false on his, you know, for his test stuff. They wouldn't let me write mine because none of them read Braille. But I used to, um, my mom used to Braille some of my tests because there wasn't anybody else to do it. And so one of the classes that she, we used to have one year for PE, which they never would let me play in. They, um, we had to do these tests every six weeks on, you know, football, baseball. And I'm like, who cares? They're not letting me play anyway. So she'd do the test the day before and she'd get me to take it to school. Right. So I'd be taking it to school. So I'd sneak in there after she went to bed. I'd get the test off the dining room table and go in there and sneak it in my room and <laughs> unstaple it. <laughs> then I would take the worksheet. <laughs> then I would write um, by every answer. You know, there was always some space after the last part of the question. So I'd write the answer there because it was always matching and multiple choice. <laughs> and so... And, and they had this chair that I used to have to sit in, you know, when I was taking tests and stuff right up by the teacher, you know, it's gross. So everybody, you know, was watching me. And so I'd have to, she'd make me read. I don't know why they made, they brailled the test because they usually didn't even braille the test. They just read the test questions. Luckily for me, they made them braille that test. That teacher <laughs> didn't want to have anything to do with me anyway. So, um, so, number one in baseball, how many innings can there be? A, seven, B, three, C, ten, D, none of the above. So, I'd read it and I'd wait for a little while, look around. A, and they never knew what I had done. <laughs> never told my mother until like, Last year, <laughs> I said, did you ever hear me going in there and getting those tests and writing the answers on them? She goes, no. <laughs> you used to do something else when we used to write sentences, but I'll say that for my article. Because <laughs> I'm going to pick the, the great. We'll all, we will all, we will all look forward to it. <laughs> Elizabeth is a lady who, who um, brails our Braille memorandum for us down in Florida. Wow. Ah. It's great. I love to yep. read, so I just take a book. I download one that I want. I download it. I put our um, lovely Braille translator, uh, May Davis, mm -hmm. um, does the, make sure it's right, it. translates yep. into Duxbury and everything, and tells me what, what parameters she used to format it. So I just put it in and let her rip. Thank you. For though. about four days. All right. Well, thank then, you. For <laughs> it's great. I love it. It's, yep. I mean, you're a good partner. I have yes. a good time doing it. So, no good. question. Um, I just read and rip, and I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. We have two more calls. Um, Maria is back, and uh, then Penny. So, Maria, if you can unmute. There I, you are. I think there's a bug in Zoom because. When I first click raise my hand, the button changes to lower my hand. But then if you 
walk away from it, it comes back to raise my hand. <laughs> so I was really confused. I thought you guys were like uh, muting me. I'm like, okay. That's the, the, there's a thing in Zoom, Maria, where sometimes it'll say, it looks like you're done talking, so we'll lower your hand in eight yeah. seconds. It's like I haven't <laughs> talked yet. <laughs> I know. I apologize for the confusion. Anyway, um, talking about school, I was a really bad person in high school, especially because... I, um, when I was taking my test, if I didn't know the answer, I had a, a braille light. So I would just really quickly switch over to the other file with my notes. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and they never knew. They're like, oh, she's so awesome. I'm like, no. <laughs> so you were the one that invented open book tests. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. But my main point, honestly, was, um, well, there's two. I was so lucky that I started in California schools. Yay, California. Um, and they made my mom learn Braille. Um, she actually nice. could read grade two Braille pretty much as fluently as I could by sight, which was not so great when you were writing, you know, your fanfics or whatever. But, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but she could read it. It was pretty awesome. And um, the other thing I was going to say is how much I love Braille because I am a translator. and it's so much easier to learn languages when you can read. <laughs> I can't get <laughs> like my college professors. I was always like, no, I have to have written stuff. I can't learn orally completely because I'm a visual learner. So I was like, no, you, I need books. <laughs> and now with all the Marrakesh stuff, you can get even more books in other languages. You sure can. And that yeah. makes me so happy. So you pair that up with your NLS reader and you are just good to go. Good to go. <laughs> And and we haven't really talked about Marrakesh, but that's another of the golden age things, because Marrakesh is a treaty that's been signed by, I think, 75 countries now, which means that it's possible to um, circulate books without copyright issues all over the world. Yeah. Well, took a long time to get it done, but. It did. It's it, but it's definitely. It was definitely worth all the work and the effort. The weight and, uh, was worth it. Trust me. <laughs> right, and it and, drove nuts, and but it was worth it. Melanie and ACB was the was the primary law writing behind that. I remember yep. that. You sure were. Yep. Yeah, sure were. And Melanie did an awful lot on that. Yep. Um, Penny Reader. Hey. Hey there. So Mel Melanie hey. went to Morocco to uh, to sign, you know, when it got approved. It was pretty yeah. good. So, uh, yeah. Um, let's see. I I had thought of about seven things while we were talking. Now I got to remember what they were. Well, I want, <laughs> I can hardly wait for Elizabeth's article because it's yeah, really <laughs> I, it's really wonderful. And I signed up to help with this event and then I got so busy that I've hardly done anything. But I think it's going to be just a wonderful event. Um, I have a picture of Louis Braille in my living room. I just think Louis Braille is such a hero. And he made such a difference in my life. And I didn't learn Braille until I was 50. And I lost most of my print reading vision when in my 30s. But I thought Braille was so hard. And everybody told me it was really, really hard for adults to learn Braille. And I finally got the self-teaching things. I, I got the, the series from Illinois. And I also signed up with Hadley. And I had a little bit of help from Doors, and uh, and and I, I learned it within about two months, just working on it every day, and it's really made such a huge difference in my life. So, 
I really encourage people to learn Braille and don't listen to people that tell you that it's too hard because it's not too hard. And as long as you practice and you read things that really are important to you, you're going to keep doing it. And, and the best thing about it is you can communicate with yourself. So you can make a grocery list and uh, not forget yeah. anything when you go to the store. I mean, that's just wonderful. And well, also and the Braille Note Touch Plus uh, does have a screen. Uh, that's attached to it. And so a teacher can look at the screen uh, and what you type in Braille will show up in print. So I think it mm -hmm. would be really, really helpful mm -hmm. for, for a kid in elementary school or high school. Uh, so I think that's all I had to say. I think it's going to be a fabulous event. Um, uh, there's so many wonderful people working on it. Audrey Shading and Denise and so many people and Paul. And it's going to be super. So I hope everybody comes. Thank you, Penny. I just want to say for anybody who's, you know, in their 70s or 80s who think I'm too old to learn Braille, I can't do it. When I was a rehab teacher way back when, I had a client who was 85 and I taught her Braille and she could read within a month of my starting to teach her. She could read grade, real, grade one Braille as fluently as I read Braille. So yeah, it's, it's certainly goodness. doable. It's doable. I, I it's had the same thing doable. happen to me when I was a rehab teacher. So, yep. yep. Well, I'm going to, I'm, I shouldn't do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Penny. Yeah. Do you have anything? Um, Penny is the chair of the Board of Publications of ACB. And, oh, uh, and I was going to mention that too. So, <laughs> uh, because we're, I'm not uh, sure we're, if I'm getting us in trouble or not. I don't no, think no, I no, am. No, no, we're not. No, no. So, <laughs> uh, so the uh, and your three minutes machine, to the hour. Uh, my my machine is still in the box because I haven't learned how to do it yet. But uh, the BOP is teaming up with BRL and Lua and uh, some wonderful expert from California whom I haven't really met yet. Uh, and we're going to teach people how to use the NLS machine and it'll be free and we're going to be doing it on the community. I think we're going to start in March. Am I right, Denise? Do you remember? It's either yeah. March or April. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, I, and we're cool. really excited about that. And, uh, and, we, be, I mean, and our motives are not entirely unselfish because, you know, it's expensive to print hard copy braille. And so my thought is that some of us who will get good on, the, on that machine will be able to download the Braille Forum uh, in digital and uh, read it on your machines once we teach you how to use it. So, and, so those yeah. who, and those who can't will be able to read, still be able to read the Braille Forum in hard copy. And copies. issues and in the Braille issues. Forum. Yes, yes, Braille. yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I can't Florida. wait. Don't, don't say we have never done anything board. for you, Penny. I can't wait to go to my next BR board meeting and announce that. <laughs> I'm so excited. We're, we're, we're really excited in that. And maybe someday we'll get back to 12 issues. But right now, I think it's terrific. We're going to combine December and January which a lot of uh, print publications do. I know Bon Appetit does that. And we're going to combine uh, July and August because, as we all know, July is such a busy month that it makes sense to combine the two months. So uh, you're going to get 10 issues. And if you read Braille, you're going to get it in Braille every single issue. So 
Thank you, Terry, for reminding me. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one I did. was a little leery whether to bring it up or not. <laughs> I'm thinking, no, wait a minute. We have a third of the board and, on and, here. And what, and what that <laughs> demonstrates, what that demonstrates is that resolutions work. That's right. That's true. They sure That's do. True. Yeah. They do. All right. We yeah. are now at um, one minute left. Let me just thank you all for being with us tonight. But uh, thank you all. Have a wonderful Christmas and a happy birthday to Paul Edwards before <laughs> yeah. we all meet again.